Hi there, this is Roma Waterman and you're listening to Release the Sound, a podcast on prophetic worship. I'm believing this podcast will help you to understand and flow in the power of Holy Spirit-led worship in your church and in your private worship time. In this podcast, you're going to get a big dose of theological foundations, personal stories and practical applications that you can implement straight away to activate the power of prophetic worship that will bring healing, breakthrough and deliverance in your communities and your personal life. I hope as you listen, you'll also feel inspired and empowered. This is Release the Sound, a podcast on prophetic worship. Well, hello, my friends. I am back for another podcast episode today. And uh, this was just burning on my heart last night. And so I just felt like such an urgency to share this story, share some of my testimony of my encounters with Jesus in worship. And these are stories, I want to share three stories today that are quite personal for me. Um, I don't normally (laughs) share them on a big public forum like this. I normally share them in private conversations with my friends. But I just really felt prompted by the Lord today to share with you some of the encounters, my personal encounters with Jesus in worship. And And my hope is that as I do that, you just re-engage with the hope that he really is wanting to respond to the sound of your voice as you worship him, that you're not just singing to a wall. Sometimes it can feel like that. And sometimes, you know, if you're a worship leader listening to this, you can often be consumed with all you have to do to help and lead others. And we can often forget that You know, worship's not just a thing we're supposed to do. It's an experience that we're supposed to have with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So I want to share with you three personal encounters. They're all very different. And then I'm going to just share with you what I felt the Lord was saying to me and why he wanted me to share these with you. So I want to start with one of the very first times that I experienced Father, Son, Holy Spirit in a worship time was very impacting for me. I must have been about 10 years old and I wasn't on a platform. I was just sitting in the congregation and we at that time were in a church that really was in revival. There was incredible signs and healings and and wonders happening in the church. And I just loved just sitting in the worship and having my eyes closed and in particular listening to the spontaneous worship that would very often erupt during our services. And there was one particular time where I was just closing my eyes and I was listening to the the spontaneous worship that was happening. And we actually happened to have many Maoris, which is, um, if you're not from our Australia area, uh, Maoris are the Indigenous people of New Zealand who very often, 99% of the time, have incredible voices and they know how to worship, my goodness. And so I have a, a real love for the Maoris because I just love the sound of their worship. And I remember just listening to them all because they would they would they would sing spontaneously, sing in tongues, sing in the spirit, and it would all be in three-part harmony and it would just be you would just 
like you could just imagine this is what heaven would be like. And I wasn't thinking anything except being enraptured by the beauty of the sound that was around me. And so I had my eyes closed and I was just listening and thinking to myself, this is so incredible. This is so very beautiful. And as I started to engage with how wonderful the Lord was and how beautiful his church was, very unexpectedly, my mouth opened and I began for the very first time to speak in tongues. And I don't know if all of you listening to me speak in tongues right now, and I, we have a teaching on it on uh, on YouTube if you want to take a listen to that. We won't talk about that in the podcast, but I didn't actually know what was happening. I'd heard other people speak in tongues before, but I was so taken aback that my mouth just opened. I actually physically felt the infilling of the Holy Spirit come into me and my mouth just opened involuntarily and I started to speak in tongues. And I remember as a 10-year-old child actually getting a little bit scared. I put my hand over my mouth and stopped it. I was like, what is happening? What is that sound? And it actually took a few months before I realized, oh, this is the Holy Spirit. And I allowed him to start to continue to move in my life. And and I started to speak in tongues as a regular practice. But I loved that the environment allowed me the opportunity to encounter the Father in a new way. And I think that that's what encounter in worship should do, not just for us if we're leading, but for us as we worship, whether that's in the public, in church or privately. The Lord wants us to encounter him just as much as we want to encounter him. He wants to encounter us in a way, you know, because he loves the joy of pouring himself into us. And so when I asked the Lord about this experience, like, Lord, why do you want me to share this experience? I felt like he said to me, Roma, there was a purity in the spirit in that service that just allowed me the freedom to move across the room. And as he said that to me, I immediately thought of 2 Corinthians 3.17 that says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I really believe our times of worship must make room for the King so that freedom is walking through the room. That purity, that if we can really, really um, long for pure hearts to so that the Lord can be free to move. It is such a key. And so purity in the spirit is so important. And I just loved that. That story is very, very special to me. That experience is very special to me. And as I've grown older, you know, my encounters with Jesus in worship have changed. And I'm going to share my next story where his communication during a time of leading worship was actually quite direct. And uh, it was important, but it's kind of a story that maybe you won't expect because it really arrested me. It woke me up. And this was because at one point in my time in ministry, I really did have the fear of man on me and I didn't even realize that I had it. So you might've heard me share this story before. It really impacted me. I was leading worship at a service that uh, we were trying to experiment with. And so we'd had a lot of meetings with church staff where we were told, look, we need to really um, have some sort of service that is really upbeat, that's really useful 
youthful. Um, so we probably don't want a lot of spontaneous times. We just want lots of upbeat music. Now, if you know me, you would know that I was cringing on the inside. Not that I think there's anything wrong with that. And I love those kind of services. But as a worship leader, it was kind of just going a bit against the grain for me. I'm like, if I can't, if I hear the Lord want me to go somewhere spontaneously and I feel that I can't, I, I, I just felt a bit restricted, right? And look, no, this is not dissing the leadership at the time. We were all trying to work out what the Lord was trying to do in this moment in time. So it came to this service and I'm leading worship the way that I thought I was supposed to lead. And I am telling you, it was so flat and so dead. So I remember I'm leading these songs, feeling like I'm not being authentic or being real to myself first. I felt like I wasn't really honoring the Lord with the gift that he'd given me. And I actually saw a picture as I was leading of Jesus standing at the back of the room. And he actually looked at me and shook his head like, what are you doing? And then I saw him and I heard him say, you know what? I'm just going to go out and get a coffee. Let me know when you're done. (laughs) And I remember this is in the first song and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is horrible. And I, I actually remember the thought going through my mind that, um, I, I was like, I am sick of the sound of my own voice. Have you ever felt like that? And I just thought, oh my goodness, I just want this set list to end. I cannot feel the Holy Spirit. I cannot sense him moving in any way. I'm not being authentic to myself. Now, in hindsight, I realize that I, it was the fear of man. But in the moment, I'm just trying, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of scrambling to find out how to save this set list, which already there's a flag right there, right? So I'm leading worship. I sing this first song, lead the first song, and it's nothing. I'm just like, oh, this is just like cardboard. It was like chewing cardboard. We got to the second song, and in my mind I'm thinking, yay, one song down, three to go. Where are you, Jesus? Please come back from having your coffee. And we get to the third song, and it was um, the song by Delirious, Rain Down, which I love that song. And I'm not thinking anything different. I'm not feeling any different. And I start to sing the first line, looks like tonight the sky is heavy. And as I sang those lines, there was an immediate shift in the room. Like I am talking within two seconds there was a shift from nothing to an awareness that the Holy Spirit was there. So much so that I wasn't the only one that sensed it. I looked at the band and they all looked up at me. So all I sang was, looks like tonight. And everyone looked up at me and went, whoa, what's going on? And then I physically heard with my ears the sound of of wind, and it came from the back of the auditorium where I initially had seen Jesus walking out, and I heard the sound of wind come from the back of the auditorium, and it came right up into my belly, and it hit me so hard that I stumbled, and I started to cry because I just felt 
the Holy Spirit so strong in that moment. And professional worship leader than I am, I I started crying. I picked up the mic and went, what was that? Because I was so taken aback. And the congregation, it was like in a moment they came alive. They were like, whoa, what's going on here? What is God doing? And then I heard the voice of the Lord and it was a warning to me. And he said this, he said, Roma, you think you know how I move? Well, I just changed all the rules. And immediately I was like, oh my goodness, I have really put God in a box. I've really put him in a box. And so it was a moment of correction that I will never forget. And I really learned that worship is a journey. You don't arrive and know everything. It doesn't matter how many years you're leading, how much skill you have. Different seasons require a different approach to worship and leading worship. Are we awake enough? Are we connected enough to Jesus to know when the season has changed, when the season is up. And that is why it doesn't matter who you are listening to this, we're always learning. And it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. I'm learning things even now that I you know, that weren't really appropriate for a season even a decade ago. But I'm saying, okay, Lord, I can see that you're moving a different way. And I want to encourage you, if you've ever had a moment like this, that um, Proverbs 3 verse 12 reminds me of this, this, this testimony. And it's this scripture. It says, my son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord and do not loathe his rebuke. Verse 12, for the Lord disciplines the ones he loves as a father in the son in whom he delights. And so I want to say to you, if you're feeling like you're in a tight spot like I was, or maybe you have had the fear of man on you and the Lord's going, hey, you know what? I'm asking you to do things and step out of the boat. Or maybe you feel like you're not moving forward in your ministry, or even if you feel like you're being pushed aside, Do you know, it could actually be that the Lord wants to use that to bring a repositioning to you. I actually heard the Father say, a course correction. And, you know, the the beautiful thing about that scripture that I just read that really blesses me is that it's all about sonship. You know, it says, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves, as does a father, the son in whom he delights. But, you know, we can often look at the Lord's correction from an orphan spirit. What does that look like? An orphan mindset mindset means that when the Lord corrects, feels like we're bad. We've done something wrong. Oh, we're terrible sinners. We could never lead worship again, or I couldn't lead like so-and-so because I'm not holy enough. It's comparison. It's um, feeling like you've made a mistake that you can't get out of in an easy way. But a sonship mindset is this, the Lord loves me enough to tell me the truth. I have to even pause just to say that and preach to myself right there. So that experience in worship was one that I didn't expect, but it taught me a lifelong lesson never to have the fear of man and never assume that God is going to move one way and not in another. 
My final, uh, my final encounter is a very precious one that I've rarely shared publicly. And I would just say this, that as we get older and as we become mature in uh, our relationship with the Lord, our encounters with him can become more Im- intimate. And this certainly is an intimate uh, experience that I had in a public setting. So I was actually leading worship at the time that I had this internal vision. And I actually journaled the experience because it was very impacting for me. And so I'm actually going to read you a portion of my journal. And I entitled this journal entry, His Majesty's Theatre. The majestic theatre was brewing with anticipation. Its red velvet seats with their swirled gold patterns echoed another era, rich with renaissance. Its seven tiers marked with ivory carvings, breathtaking architecture that is almost too much for the eye. This was a theatre with history, a place where artisans could come and share their story and be inspired by their surroundings. But this is no ordinary theatre. It is not from this world, for it is a place in heaven. Overflowing with people, the concert had already begun. Every single being is engaged with what is happening on the platform. Whether the heat emanates from the crowd or from a spiritual presence, I cannot tell, for both are there and are as one. Each tier is full of glowing faces, either standing or sitting on the edge of their seats, expectant and joyous. In the highest row, a brilliant light emanates the entire semicircle. It is hard to focus, but once I do, I realize that it is full of warring angels standing tall, their wings outstretched, all looking down upon the humble stage on which I stand. They too are engaged, unified with all who are here. Above them, there is no ceiling. An open sky covers us all. Our dome is a brilliantly clear night, sparkling with silver stars. And on the platform I stand with many others, our arms outstretched, our hearts beaming with love for the host that is in our midst. All of us on this heavenly platform are wearing red velvet that accentuates our rich surroundings. As I view this celestial crowd, I almost can't take it in. From left to right, I scan the breathtaking view. As my eyes reach the centre, I see why we are here, why we have all gathered in praise and joy. Sitting before me in their majestic thrones, I see two strong men. One is called the King of Kings and the other is my father. This concert is in their honour. Their faces are reflecting their glory and pleasure upon each member of the crowd. I see them clearly, and the love that comes from them is overwhelming, gazing on their beauty, strengthening me at my core. We are singing their praises in the noisy throng. Each voice is raised high. The band is playing loud as we all lift our hands and extend our hearts. 
You are indescribable, we exclaim. You are glorious. You are amazing, God. Each line we sing is heavy with love and adoration. The Father and His Son are pleased with what they hear. They are so enamoured by our love that they somehow inhabit our praises. I have sung these lines to this song, indescribable, many times, but tonight something is different. And for the first time, I understand that as I praise, God is active. He is not sitting back, allowing my words to flow over him, remaining stagnant. God, as the great artist, is engaged. And as the great artist, he is watching over his word to perform it. My word in melody expresses his power over the universe, over the lightning bolts and the storms. As we sing, God lifts his right hand and sweeps it across the sky. And as he does, there are flashes of lightning. Every few seconds, the crowd is lit up with each crash of thunder. We sing about him being the creator of the sun. He raises his right arm again and the night becomes day as the sun streams its warmth into each one of us. And as we sing of his wondrous ways, he reenacts every single line for our pleasure. I realize in a moment that my words are more than sentences pieced together to communicate a thought. When I praise him, each word I speak carries a piece of the life of God. It is alive and more powerful than I could have ever imagined. It is creative and alive. Our joyful song is coming to an end, but the crowd and those on the platform do not want to stop. And with a shout, we lift our voices once more, our hands lifted high. We are overwhelmed for love for God. As I look around again, my eyes are captured by the angels. I lift my head to see every one of them raising their right hands towards the starry sky. Each one of them is holding a silver sword that glistens in the evening light. God is so pleased. He loves his people. He stands from his throne to view what is happening before him. Turning his head to each corner, he sees every person, every angel, He hears every note of praise. One more time before the great concert ends, he lifts his hands and sweeps it across the sky. And as he does so, snowflakes fall on every one of us. The noisy throng rises again in adoration and delight as we outstretch our hands to capture these falling, glistening specks. They sparkle like diamonds in our hands. This place is His Majesty's theatre. The crowd is the great cloud of witnesses. This stage on which I stand upon is the church and the red velvet gown that I wear is the Holy Spirit. This is home. You know, when I think about that experience, it's hard for me not to have a bit of a tear in my eye because it's so special to me and I 
as I re-engaged with that internal vision, I, I was thanking the Lord and just saying to him, you know, Lord, this was a wonderful experience to have with you. And I said to him, why do you want me to share this so publicly with you? And he actually began to say to me that he wants to connect with us on many different planes. You know, we can get so used to the way God speaks to us that we almost make it a tunnel. We go, this is how the Lord speaks. And that's the only way we engage with him because we haven't practiced or engaged other parts of us, other senses. There's lots of scriptures we won't go into today that actually talk about Um, the many ways you can experience God, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good is an example. So I felt the Lord just saying, I want my people to engage their minds and open up to new things I have for them that are more powerful than maybe just hearing or seeing a certain way. And he reminded me of that scripture. One of my favorite scriptures, Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says this, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. That is such a powerful scripture because what that's saying is, if I put it in the context of worship, when we call out to him in worship with pure hearts, without that fear of man, he wants to give up his secrets. He wants to tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Well, I hope you enjoy some of my experiences that I shared today. It was a bit vulnerable to share this, but I I just, I love when the Lord encounters us and we encounter Him. And I just feel like as we, as we become warriors of worship, that this will happen more. These are the three things that I shared today. So number one was my experience of, of being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Allow the Spirit of freedom to move in the room. Let go and let God. Number two, understanding that course correction is part of the process of His love towards us. And number three, when you worship Him... He reveals his secrets. Be blessed today. Thanks so much for listening to Release the Sound, a podcast on prophetic worship. If you're hungry for more, head to romawaterman.com where you can check out my book, Releasing Heaven's Song, Singing Over Your Nation for Breakthrough and Revival. It includes activations that you can use with your team or even on your own. And I've also got an online school where we have several courses on the prophetic, worship, spirituality and creativity. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. And until then, I pray that you will release the song of heaven over your family, your church and even your nation. And I look forward to sharing with you in the next Release the Sound Prophetic Worship Podcast.